How's everybody doing tonight on Friday night? As you heard Brandon trying to run his mouth and keep talking, but, you know, that's who he is. That's what he does. Um, He's just a a dirty Chiefs fan. So tonight we're doing things a little different. We're We're looking at specific teams, and we're talking to their fans. So for the guest today, we have Gabriel, a.k.a. Chief Wiggum. How's it going, Gabriel? Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me on here. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. All right. So, Gabriel, why don't, why don't you tell us how long you've been a Niners fan? And, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of prompted that uh, to be to become a Niners fan? So, it would be the year before our last Super Bowl win. So, 94 was the first year I started being a Niners fan. Uh, so in that off season, we signed Deion Sanders. Uh, what prompted me to be a Niners fan had to do with the Cowboys Niners rivalry. Those are the big games. Uh, we always played each other in the playoffs. The Cowboys were coming off of two, I think two back-to-back Super Bowl wins, trying to go for a three-peat. And then we ended up stopping them and winning them, winning the Super Bowl that year. So I kind of got caught up in the playoff fever. Uh, also, you know, we, Arguably have the best had the best uh, player in football history with Jerry Rice, um, so it was just amazing watching him. You know, you get caught up in that becoming a fan of the player and then becoming a fan of the team kind of thing. So it kind of all just led up. That's when I really started paying attention to football and just uh, been ever since. So been twenty years, twenty twenty five years now. Uh, yeah, that's a long time. A lot of ups and a lot of downs. I always tell everyone I did buy the, the NFL Sunday ticket the year we went one and sixteen. So it was money well money well spent. <laughs> I remember that. Money well spent. Um, so yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly a lot of downs. I, I remember those uh, those seasons of NFL Sunday ticket just to watch loss after loss. Of course, until Jim Harbaugh came along and helped turn it all around. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh was the big turnaround. And then we had a, a bit of a down spiral after that. And then Kyle Shanahan came back in and, and brought us back up. Um, you know, every, every team, every team is going to go through their ups and downs. So it's just, it's just part of being a football fan, but I will say it, it is psychologically, it is easier when your team is bad because when you do win, it, it's fantastic. And when you lose, it's what you expect. But when you're, when you're really good and you don't win the Super Bowl twice, it really, really, really hurts. So, you know. So that hurt last year against the Chiefs. That one really hurt. Uh, and then against Baltimore, that one really hurt. So. Yup, yup. <laughs> just, just a little side note for everybody. I was in prison watching that Super Bowl win. So it, it, was, it, was, very, uh, it was very fun for me, but it was – it also sucked because I couldn't be home. <laughs> Can you elaborate on and what do you mean uh, you were in prison? Yeah, in prison. <laughs> you might want to explain that a little better. I was in prison. You know? <laughs> no, I was in the army. Um, I was a corrections officer in the army, so I had to work for the Super Bowl. And so, you know, I was just sitting in my pod watching watching the game at my desk. Um, so yeah, just to elaborate a little more. So what you're saying is psychologically. Cleveland Brown fans are better than anybody. Cleveland and Detroit fans. That's what, is that what you're saying right now? Yeah, because, I mean, look at they, – they were expected to have a big season last year. They didn't, and it turned into a big old fit for them. And all the disappointment and all – everybody raining down on them on every, every you know, back-and-forth show. 
talking about how how bad they were, you know, how awful they did and all that expectation. But when they're, when they're terrible, you know, it's just the norm. So you just get used to it. How much would you put that on their coach though, Gabriel? Oh, I I wouldn't say so much as their coach as the entire front office. It's, It's a culture there. You have to have a different mindset to be winners. And they just don't have that there. They just think that with talent, they can just win. But you have to have leaders. You have to have, they have to set the example and when you're just getting talent without the actual culture of winning, you, you're not going to produce wins. So they seem to hire Michael Lombardi. That's all yeah. they needed. I, yeah, no, 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 no. They did do that. They just didn't listen to him. <laughs> <They> just didn't. <laughs> and he went on to win three Super Bowls and walked away. But I'm, you know, I'm how many other coaches did that? <laughs> I remember he said when he was working for Art Modell, and those of you who don't know, Art Modell was the owner of the Browns, and he's the one that took the Browns out of Cleveland and moved them to Baltimore to be the Ravens. But he said when he was working for Art Modell, you had to negotiate. He had to negotiate with Art Modell to get the money to pay the player and then go to the player and negotiate with the player for the money. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, let, let's let's get back on the Niners. So, what, so we, we talked about that Super Bowl loss. That was a huge disappointment. I know everybody had the Niners defensive line dominating them. I know Jay had them all day. He, he, oh, yeah, I had them. I had them getting that W. I mean, I think if you look at you look at them all last year, they were just an amazing team. Very, very few weaknesses. And so I thought that would carry over into the Super Bowl. Obviously, it did for a bit. Uh, they just didn't get that end result. Yeah, he's also a big. Uh, Shanahan fanboy. Don't, don't right. let him deceive any of you. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so, so let's look at the offseason, Gabriel. What, what, what did you think of the free agency? The free agency that they had, the, the additions, the subtractions. What did you think of that? So I guess the big move is the um, Denoris Buckner or uh, the Forrest Buckner uh, being traded. First round pick. We pick up another defensive tackle to replace him. And I think that was more of a monetary thing. Um, rookie contracts are way cheaper. Uh, re-signing him would have been cost us a ton of money, and we didn't have a lot of cap space to work with. So it was the limitation of our cap space and what we were able to get in return. The big question is, is if you know the rookie Javon, and with uh, having DJ Jones back this year after coming off of injury, are they going to be able to replace what he did? Um, that's our. That's the big thing. Other than that, you know, we took a wide receiver in the second round. Uh, we gave up a lot of our middle picks. So it's just kind of uh, getting pieces to supplement what we already have and seeing if that's going to be enough to take us back to where we are. I mean, truly, when you're a Super Bowl contender and, you know, fighting for the championship in the, in the final game, you really only have two to three years to get it done. After that, players are going to leave for more money. Uh, the team just has a different mentality after those two to three years. It's hard to keep hungry, not going back and not winning. So if we don't get it done next this year or next year, I, you know, we're going to have to look to kind of rebuild a little and take a few years off. So we'll see what happens. So would, would you say that you guys have gotten better this off season? Uh, that's hard to say. Um, I think people forget that we had 16 players on the injured reserve. Uh, last year, one of oh, the wow. highest, one of the highest in the NFL last year. So just getting a lot of those players back is going to make a huge difference just in rotation alone, uh, not having to have players play so much, being able to switch players Definitely. in and out. 
uh, is going to help out a lot. But at the end of the day, if those players don't produce, it doesn't really matter. I, I think it, this is really all falls back on Kyle Shanahan. Um, I think what really is going to play in our benefit is, you know, sad to say the coronavirus. I think that's going to help <laughs> out a lot of teams like Baltimore, like Kansas City, like us, where we already have our head coach. We already have our offense set. We already have our defense set. We're just adding in pieces. Um to the to things that are already set in place. So we, we don't really, I mean, we do need the practice, but we don't need it as much as teams that are have a new head coach brought in a lot of players, you know, I mean, yeah, the Buccaneers brought in all these players, but I mean, realistically, how many practices are they having together? How many times can they sit with their head coach and go over things? Not a lot. I mean, you know, all this isolation stuff and, and testing and everything, you know, those players yeah. are, yeah. are going to be steps behind and in the league, you there's only 16 games 17 games you know now with in the league you need every win matters so if we can get off to a big start and those teams are a few steps behind it's going to make a huge difference hey gabriel uh, you brought up uh, your second round pick uh um a lot of people compare him to Depot samuel as like the same kind of receiver yeah he might have a little bit more speed but how when happens when you guys go like third and ten or third and 15, who's Garoppolo going to look for to get that first down? I think Ayuk was first round, though, right? Yeah. He was a late first oh. round pick, yeah. We didn't um, have a second yeah. round pick. Okay, I'm sorry, um, late first. At the end of the day, we didn't do well in third and third and long. We're not a third and long team. We're a third and short team. Um, but I think with having – I mean, I think at the end of the day, our go-to guy for the third down and whatever it is is Kittle. Uh, he's a monster, Definitely. you know, he's the, he is probably the best player on our team, regardless of offense or defense, uh, with the running game, with the wide receiver threats, um, not to mention we're having Jalen Hurd, or we're having Hurd back. Um, I think that'll make the difference. I think we're going to have an issue of a lot of hands and not enough balls to go around to them. Uh, we picked up another wide receiver this year, Hurd's back. We have McKinnon back. Um, and then D, uh, Samuel, you know, he got hurt, but he will be back before the beginning of the season. We also lost our kick returner, who is also a wide receiver coming back. Uh, Taylor, our slot receiver, that was a second-round pick a couple years ago, uh, didn't play at all last year because back injury is back. So we have all these weapons. There are a lot of them are unproven. So it's going to be up to Shanahan to figure out how to get everybody the ball and, and put us in the winning situations. Are you at all worried about the loss of uh, Breda? I don't know. Um, I guess it really depends on what McKinnon does. You know, he's, yeah. he has yet to play a single down as a Niner. This is going into his third year. If uh, with Mozart, you know, and Shanahan's offense, the way our offensive line uh, is produced pretty good last year. And then with Kittle catching the short passes, I think we'll be okay. But at the end of the day, if it, McKinnon can step up and even do remotely near what he did, I think we'll be okay. Right. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, we'll definitely see. So, I mean, that, you, you touched on the draft a little bit. So, what, what overall, what did you think about the draft? You know what gets on my nerves is for some reason, somehow, some way, John Lynch always fleeces these teams into trading up some good capital to move one space. We saw it with Chicago, what, uh, two years ago? 
And now we saw <laughs> we saw it with Tampa Bay. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, come up one space. We'll, we'll take that third round pick. So, what did you think about the draft that the Niners had? Uh, I think it was it's a it's a boomer bust draft. I mean, we gave up a lot of our mid round picks to get essentially starters. Um, but if they don't produce the draft at the end of the day, it's going to be a loss. Um, we'll see what the big what the big signing you know giving up a lot of our pick. Our, uh, what, what's funny to me is how he was able to get uh, Trent Williams for you know a couple of mid draft picks when. Oh when the Redskins were offered first round picks last year, but, but they didn't take it. So, but I mean, you know, the Redskins are a whole different podcast on their own. Uh, Bring you back for that one too. (laughs) So I, I think they're they're, I think it's a lot of potential. I think he's playing favors with, uh, I think he, he's in the, you know, the good side of it. I think it's in his favor, the draft picks he made at the end of the day, if they don't produce, it's it's a boomer bust you know it's either we win it all or it wasn't it's all for nothing so yeah yeah I think you made a good point earlier when you talked about those windows with contracts especially rookie contracts when you have um ascending rookie players who are on those contracts most notably quarterbacks you only have that short window to win or else like you mentioned before then payer then players are up they're gonna get paid you're not going to be able to afford them all, so they're going to go elsewhere. Um, you look at our you look at our stars like uh, Richard Sherman. I mean, realistically, how many years left does he have to produce? That was the None. question you had, Jay, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he 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 did well last year for his age and for where he's at in his career. But I mean, one more year at that level, maybe. You know, not knowing injuries, not to mention Kittle's up. And I mean, he's going to break the bank for tight end contracts this year. Where is that going to leave us? Uh, and right. then in what three years we have our defensive line. You know, Nick Bosa. I, that's going to break the bank in for defensive uh, end uh, record. So you have to you have to start you have to plan for those things now, not when the year comes up and, you know, you break the bank and you don't have anything else to sign. Cause what, what's the point in signing Nick Bosa to a record contract on a, you know, a four and 12 team. <laughs> right. Right. So. Somebody's going to pay him. Right. So, I mean, we're talking about contracts. We're talking about Sherman, you know, I mean, how many years does Sherman have left? I would say one more. I mean, that's what I would think unless he keeps seeing uh, Devontae Adams or Sammy Watkins. Right. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll definitely see but I mean one, one of the things that I didn't understand is why pay Eric Armstead and not DeForest Buckner why not keep DeForest Buckner who's who's been a monster since he got into the league but pay the guy who only produces in his last year when the defensive line is full I don't I just didn't understand that move I I understand completely what you're saying technically he's been mediocre his entire contract until this last year um but at the end of the day only you know lynch can can answer that it's something that i agreed with um you know the force had been a monster all year in that in that you know defensive tackle line i think at the end of the day that he was cheaper and i think that's what made the difference to them i uh they probably couldn't get a first round pick for him, but they knew they could 
uh, for the defensive tackle spot. And I think that's what also made the difference. Like, hey, if we can get a first-round pick uh, from Indianapolis, you know, we'll be able to replace him then and then go from there. I think that's how they looked at it. They're not necessarily getting a first-round pick. Do you think they maybe swapped them both? Do I think maybe what? Do you mean do you think that they maybe shopped both of them around? I haven't heard anything about shopping them both around. I think it was just something that they knew. I mean, do you know they any knew. team do you think any team was gonna offer a first round pick for Armstead? No. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like maybe they shopped them both around and was like, Hey, this is probably the better offer. Yeah, I mean maybe they did, you know, who knows what secret GM phone calls are made uh between one another. But I think at the end of the day they knew they could get a first round pick from somebody. I, I think maybe they had a couple offers for divorce, but I think that they knew that that wasn't going to go very far with uh, Armstead. For um, yeah. for just for perspective, anybody listening that's not really familiar with DeForest Buckner, he plays defensive end. He, he's just a monster. He's been a monster since he came into the league. I mean, if you look at his stats last year, he had uh, 62 tackles for seven and a half sacks. That's very good for a 3-4 interior defensive end who – isn't going to get the sack numbers. They're they're going to tie up linemen more than anything. But that was on a stack defensive line with Joey Bosa, Eric Armstead, uh, D Ford. And so the year previous, before two of those three I just named were there, I had sixty-seven tackles for twelve sacks. Again, that's unheard of in a from a three-four defensive end. But um, so we we talked about the draft. We talked about the free agency talked about that, that poor Super Bowl loss that you've had to live through again. That's two now. Um, so Kyle Shanahan just got extended. And the big thing that I heard everybody say was, Oh, you know, how, somebody please correct me. How many years did he get extended? Was it six, six years, six years. So they said you, you Niner fans are now looking forward to six years of blown leads. What, what do you think about that? I mean, it hurts, but, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, he's been to two Super Bowls, and I, he's a smart enough guy to learn from what he did. Uh, I think he took it too far in the opposite end because of what happened in New England and Atlanta. Um, I mean, they stayed extremely aggressive in that Atlanta game, and that's what cost them. So when it came to our game, I think he got way too conservative and just overthought it. Uh, we got away from our game plan. So it cost us in the end. Why we, you know, there there was a series in the third quarter when we have our lead, we're going down. And I remember thinking if we just drive the ball down the field and do what we do and score, this game is over. And we ended up going three and out just like that. But yet the first play we ran, we ran the ball for five, six yards. And then we throw passes after that when we should have just been pounding the ball right in their face. I mean, we just got five to six yards on the first carry why not do it again instead we throw two incompletes which run no time off the clock and we don't move the ball anywhere so i think it's just something that he's just gonna have to learn um i mean you look at the kansas city chiefs and you take andy reed for example everybody said the same thing about him and now they have the most potent offense in the nfl maybe ever um so you know there's examples out there that where they can learn it and get better from it. Rams fans are probably coming after you because you just said ever, <laughs> you know, the greatest show on turf. You can't take that away from them. Uh, you, know, you know how bitter they are right now. Uh, I, Statistically, they were better, but you know, we we can we can all 
say that this is probably one of the best offices we've ever seen. Are we going to talk ever. about all indoor as well? Yeah, we don't bring that up. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We're in Kansas City. They're in a dome. <laughs> okay. So, all right, Gabriel, give me one player on your team that you think is overrated. Oof, that's a tough question. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Solomon Thomas. I don't care if he was taken second overall. We, we all know about that guy. Yeah. So um, I'm going to have to go with uh, a player that I'm not happy that we signed with who didn't have that great of a year, who I expected a lot more, a lot more from this year. And I understand he got hurt, but he did come back and he was pretty non-existent when he came back and even in the Super Bowl, I'm going to have to go with D Ford. Uh, I'm not happy with the money that we paid and the draft picks we gave up for it with the end product that we got in the end. Um, if we win next year and he is there all year and he produces tackles and produces uh, sacks and is a leader on that defense, then it'll change my mind. But as of right now, um, I think he – I would have rather had that draft pick and, and drafted somebody than what we're getting right now out of him. Mm. What, what do you think about that, yeah, Brandon? You, with him, you think – what was the draft pick? A second-round pick, right? Second-round pick, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he would have got somebody in the second round as polished as he was. He did come up a pretty few uh, clutch games for you guys. Um, in Arizona game, I can remember for one. But, yeah, I do agree with you that he wasn't worth the money. But you can't say that he didn't help you guys out a lot with his uh, with his speed rush. Yeah, I- I'll say, you know, he has been good in, in-, in parts and spurts. Um, if it was just for the second round pick, I'd be a lot more happier. Uh, I think it's the re-signing, and then what we got after that is is what bothers me the most. Um, yeah, I can't agree with you. With I that. just expected more out of him, especially against, going against the Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, your former team, the team that you know a lot of people don't necessarily like you from. A lot of a lot of people blame you for Kansas City not going to the Super Bowl that year, um, and then you getting traded. I, I expected you know some him to bring a little fire. And it was just kind of flat. So how much of that was from his effort and his skill, or how much was he really benefiting off of everybody else in that defensive line getting double team, triple team? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's probably both, you know, I mean, he is talented and then we do have an extremely talented defensive line. So it's, it's gotta be a mixture of both that, that, yeah. So he, yeah, he had six. I, I can, I'm sorry. I can I'll just say real quick that I can atone to that because last year we had one of the worst, or two years ago we had one of the worst defenses, and he was there next to Justin Houston, uh, who was a shell of himself, and he was still putting up enough numbers right. for him to get traded. You know, so it's not like the Niners was completely oh just you know making him better, but it was a little bit of both. Yeah, he he had six point five sacks in eight games. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you know, but you you have to look at to who those games were against. I, I'm not going to say we had the most difficult schedule at the beginning of last year, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, those are those are like uh, like a boxer coming up. You know, those are your contender, and you know, you're you're getting rounds in, and then when you go against the contenders, I, I, I felt like we showed up. You know, we lost to uh, Baltimore during the season, but it was a very, very close game. Um, 
And then we had that phenomenal game against the Saints where it was just a slugfest. Probably the best right. game. What did you do against Green Bay? Uh, probably the best game of the year. And then Green Bay, Green Bay, uh, what happened in Green Bay, I expected 100% to happen in Green Bay. I thought Green Bay was extremely <laughs> overrated. Uh, I wasn't worried about them at all. And then when we played Green Bay in the NFC Championship game, I didn't, wasn't, I didn't have one worry in the world. I thought the exact same thing would happen, and, and it did. Just playing those yeah, unfortunately, oh. unfortunately, as a Packer fan, I, I felt the exact same way also. So, yeah, I mean, not to say that Green Bay is a bad team, I just think they their identity is is kind of lost right now. Yeah, but that yeah that that atones to the whole Aaron Rodgers thing is how do you get that team to the NFC Championship if you're not Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, that's that's, that's also true. I mean, there are talented, and you don't magically get to the NFC Championship game without you know winning games, but. I, yeah, I think what happened at the end of the day is, is that lucked everybody out was the Saints losing. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, he was. But I'll tell you too, I was worried that the same thing was going to happen to Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I was really worried. Oh, all right. Let me ask you guys this, everybody but Brandon, because we know what Brandon's answer is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but did Kansas City win that game, or did San Francisco lose it? <laughs> San Francisco lost it. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would have to agree that I would have to agree that Kansas City lost it. I mean, it's it's hard to say watching it that Kansas City didn't win because you look at everything that they did in that second half to really win the game. But had the Niners stuck to their game plan, killed it on the ground game like they were doing previously, it may not have been a game that would have been open for them to win. So just just off my memory, I'd have to say the Niners gave that up. No, nope. there was some bad calls. There was some bad calls. We we don't talk about the the non holding calls during that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand, but it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> we don't, we don't the, the Pistons and the Lakers either. <laughs> but yeah, so I. I think it's a bit of both. I think at the end of the day, we didn't stick to the game plan, but I mean, Mahomes did what he does, you know. Yeah. And yeah. they came through when the and he scored points when he needed to. So, I. I All right, let me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I. All right. Well, let me. <laughs> let me run down this list real quick for you. Tell me what you think. So you got the Niners to win the division minus one twenty-five. So you bet a hundred to win seventy-five bucks. You got the Seahawks plus three fifty. So you bet a hundred to get three fifty. The Rams plus four hundred. You bet a hundred to get four hundred. Cardinals plus seven hundred. You bet a hundred to get seven hundred. So if I gave you a hundred dollars, you get to put on any of those teams. What would be the smart play? I would go one hundred percent with us. Um, I think the Seahawks are the biggest threat, just like they were last year. Um, the Seahawks are such a strange team because it's it's almost as if they need to fall apart in order to come back and win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's Russell Wilson right there. I, I 100% agreed with you that Russell Wilson is is top two quarterbacks. I've had him. I, I'd have him at number two behind the Holmes as the best quarterback right. in the NFL. Um, it's almost as if he. I don't know. I don't know what makes the Seahawks win. I don't know if it's their coach or if it's Russell Wilson, but he he just gets it done. I mean, I don't know if he right. he throws the game plan out the window and says I'm just going to win, but he he just wins. And you know, having to go against that guy. For so many years now, and watching, I never feel like any lead is safe against them. No matter how well our team does, I never feel like it's in the bag going against the Seahawks. Um, But I also think that they play to their competition, and if they're the competition they're playing is terrible, they have a tendency to play terrible. Um, Isn't that so funny? They're just such a weird team like that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say they got stompled by Arizona. Like, they couldn't stop anything they were doing. Right. Yeah. But didn't Arizona give the Niners a run, too? They did. We, 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 beat, we beat both of them twice. The, the first time we dominated, the second time it was a lot more of a struggle, and I think that has more to do with uh, Kyle Murray coming into his own and, and get understanding the offense. Yeah. I still think Arizona is a year or two away from being where they're really going to be at. Um, although do quarterbacks make their biggest jump in their second year, I still think that overall as a team, they're still a year away. They're still missing a few key pieces that can be taken advantage of. Um, and then the Rams, I, I have no idea what to expect from them. Um, I think as long as Jared Goff is their quarterback, they're going to be held back. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, I mean, the man went to a Super Bowl, so you, can you really call him a bust? But right. I, with the money that he's being paid, I mean, was it $35 million a year? And you just can't trust them to win any game. He's just a system guy, and he's uh, he keeps the offense, you know, he just does what he's told. He can't win games, though. Um, right. if, if we need him to go out there and make a play, you, you can't depend on Jared Goff. And yeah. with the money they have tied up, they have no draft picks coming up until 2021. Uh, that Rams team is going to be in shambles in a couple, you know, if not this year, the year after. So I would say they still owe people money, don't they? Yeah, they still. Uh, I don't. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, if people were demanding money, I don't know if it's been paid or not. They said they were paying out. Who knows? But you know, Gurley wants his money. Gurley does want his money. And, and play Matthews. That's, that's so, such a tough. It's such a tough division, though. Yeah. Um. You know, we with the division that we have, the the, the teams that we play, and then coming in first in the division, having to play the other division winners. We're third, third or fourth. We're fourth. We have fourth, the fourth most difficult schedule this year. So that's going to be another factor. Like I said, we did have a lot of, uh, you know, easier teams at the beginning of last year. Uh, but when we had that uh, awful four game stretch where we played, you know, the, the hardest 14 teams you could play in the NFL, uh, we ended up going, uh, we ended up doing pretty good. I think we did 500 during that. So it just kind of depends on how everything goes. Uh, but I still say we, we would be the safe bet. I still think the other two teams, uh, the Rams and the Cardinals, are still a couple years away from really doing anything. And I think the only other contender would be the Seahawks. But I still think we're a little bit better than they are. Yeah. You know, talking about the Cardinals, I, w- I would agree. I, I do agree with you. I would say that they are one year away from being more contenders. But like you mentioned earlier, you know, with with the coronavirus going on and how so many teams that have newer pieces that are still trying to implement things are going to be further behind than those teams that already have things established. I thought that was a good point that you brought up. And so I think the Cardinals are one of those teams. You get a new left tackle and a rookie. You got DeAndre Hopkins in there. You got Kyler Murray still learning the offense in his second year. And so that, I think that's really going to put them back. You know, everybody talks about the the DeAndre Hopkins uh, trade, and he is a fantastic receiver, but he has a very specific to- style of receiving. He doesn't get necessarily make space. He doesn't, you know, break away from the corner that's covering him. But what he does have is the best hands in the game. And that's something that takes time to build. So I think you won't see Hopkins impact on the second half of the season when Kyle Murray can trust that I can throw this ball, even though the corner is on him and know that Hopkins is going to come up with it because his hands are phenomenal. 
He's not necessarily, he doesn't break away two, three yards from the corner and catch a wide open pass. He gets a step ahead and then sticks his hand out and, and just pulls it in when nobody else can. It's a good take. What? So that's a good take. Oh, okay. It's so, good. I mean, we, we always talk take. about DeAndre Hopkins needing Will Fuller. It seems like when Will Fuller goes out, which we know he does every year, um, then DeAndre Hopkins just seems to kind of fade into black. Do you think he's going to be able to work well opposite Larry Fitzgerald? Larry Fitzgerald could kind of be his Will Fuller. Uh, well, Larry Fitzgerald's a completely different receiver than, than Fuller. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is more of a Hopkins-style receiver where he 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 just in his age and where he is in his career he just gets a step ahead and then catches it. I he's more of a third down, trusty. I know I can get this these five six yards with Larry Fitzgerald as opposed to Fuller, who is a, a streamer. I mean he's going forty yards down the field and pulling you know the safety with him. So I don't think that's going to work that way with Larry Fitzgerald. But I do think that with the style of offense they're going to run, um, I think it's going to be a ton of passing. And I think it's going to be Hopkins, you know, getting 10 to 15 receptions a game for 110, 115 yards when he finally does get up and running. Um, it's just going to take Murray a while to get get that. Um, and then, you know, you, you have the scrambling effect with, with Pal Murray. If he can make a play last, uh, you know, four to five seconds longer and give Hopkins more time to get open, then, then you have that. So, you know. We'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, get that with yeah. Watson too. But I mean, well, you know, they still have a a speedster in Andy Isabella, who was Jay's guy coming out the draft, who didn't do anything last year. I want to put that out there. He just has some wheels. That's it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think that that pretty much wraps it up for the division. I mean, for the Niners' take. Uh, you guys got anything? Uh yeah, Gabriel, how do you how do you think Trent Williams is gonna fill the shoes of Joe Staley? I nobody knows. Trent Williams is the big question. Um, I think what's gonna help is we're getting our center back who got injured in, in week fourteen and pretty much missed the rest of the season. Um, but Trent Williams is the big question. He hasn't played football in a year. Nobody knows what kind of condition he's in. If he's you know gonna be what he was before, where he was an extremely dominant. Uh, offensive lineman. Um, so that's the big question. I'm hoping he's going to be good. I've seen workout video videos of him where he looks full and healthy, like a strong offensive lineman. But then, you know, in those workout videos, I watched him squat and we don't count three fourths of a squat as a squat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, but you know, I mean, he's box jumping, he's moving, he's looking good in those, in those videos. Um, but he, He's a veteran player. He's a veteran offensive lineman. Uh, he's worked with Kyle Shanahan before. In fact, uh, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator when he was drafted. Um, and I think those things are going to really help him in getting the offense and, and picking up and going. You know, like I said, we talked about players, new players and new coaches not having time to get to know one another. But this isn't that case with Trent Williams. Like I said, he's worked with Kyle Shanahan before. He was there from his rookie season. Uh, to when Kyle left the Redskins. Um, so I think that's going to help out a lot. He's going to understand the lingo. He's going to understand the play style. He's going to understand how Kyle likes to run things. Um, yeah. 
who should we be keeping an eye on this season for that's destined for stardom? And tell me why is it Fred Warner? <laughs> uh, no, uh, I'm going to go with uh, the defensive rookie of the year who already is a star. I oh. think he's going to contend for defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. Uh, I think he's going to be, I think the over under for him is, I'm going to put it at a nice 15, 15 sacks. Um, I think he's going to be an unstoppable monster. I think he's going to be healthy all year long. Um, like I said, I would put it at over 15 sacks. Remember, you heard it here. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just going to say Nick Bosa is going to have the breakout season of this year um, and win defensive player of the year. Okay, okay. That's that's pretty safe. Yeah, that Fred Warner one, though. I thought Fred Warner was a beast last year. Oh, he, he's absolutely amazing. I think he, uh, I think PFF had him as the best coverage linebacker in the NFL. That's, and why, they, they, that's why they're getting rid of Quan too. Oh, he's, he's just everywhere though. So like, I remember he first stood out when the Packers played the Niners. I, I think it was like what week nine, week 10. Um, and he was just literally everywhere. So I, I started watching him and I was like, man, this guy is really, really good. He intercepted so, Mahomes too in the, in the Super, Super Bowl, right? Bowl, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think the future is bright for him. He was a third round pick, yeah. right? Yeah. So I we'll we'll see. I think he at least goes to the Pro Bowl. If not there, if they're in the Super Bowl, as Gabriel says. Yeah. It, right well, there. it's uh, if it's if it's not a Super Bowl <laughs> win this year, it's just it's uh, it's another bust season. When when you're in that phase where, like I said, you have a two to three window, two to three year window to win it all. You know, we've been here before. Mm-hmm where we had a, a two to three window. We went to the NFC championship game three years in a row, went to the Super Bowl one year. You know, like I said, you, you just have that small window where you make it happen. And if not, then it's just another rebuilding year. All right, I got a quick, quick three questions real quick um, that I've been dying to ask. So you got uh, Kamaro Usman or Burns? Oh, uh, yeah, we got, uh, I actually think uh, Burns is a harder uh, matchup for Usman than Masvidal is, who was originally who yeah. they originally trying to make the fight. Um, but I'm still going to go with Usman. Um, he's just such a dominant wrestler. He's such a dominant guy on top. Uh, once he gets a hold yeah. of you, it, it, it's really hard. Um, and, you know, you, you look what he did to, to get the belt, and he did it on two bad knees. Uh, he's had his knees both scoped. Oh, I yeah, didn't yeah. He, he's had two bad knees. He had two bad knees through, uh, through all the way up to defeating Woodley. So with that, you know, I, he's 100% healthy. His knees are good. I think he's going to go out there. I think it's still a little too early for Burns. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. his jiu-jitsu is great, but, you know, he – Usman went out there and slaughtered Maya. So. Right. Well, I was I was so impressed with uh, Usman versus, versus uh, Covington. Covington. Uh, you know, it was a straight stand-up. You know, they were just no wrestling, no nothing, and uh, he 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 looked pretty good. Yeah, to me. yeah. I I was that, not expecting that style of fight. I was expecting the the classic Usman fight, and he went out there and banged, and he and he finished him. So yeah, you know yeah. that says a lot. So yeah, I'll take Usman in that one easy. All right, next question: Khabib versus Gagey. Uh, I'm still gonna have to go with Khabib until someone beats Khabib. I I won't pick against Khabib. Um, the, Do you think Gagey has a better chance than no, Ferguson? I think Ferguson had the best chance to beat uh, Khabib. Um, Ferguson style, his jujitsu off his back, 
Yeah, we know Gacy yeah. is a, a you know all American wrestler, but if you haven't used it and you're not using it, how how do you how do we right. know you, you can use it? So he has fantastic right. hands, right. fantastic boxing, but I mean, there's just something about when when uh, Khabib grabs a hold of you, it's like an octopus. There's just nothing you can do. It's just suffocating, <laughs> and if you can't produce offense off of your back, you're just done. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. All right, how about last one? Um, I think this one's actually next week. Dustin Poirier versus Dan the Hitman Hooker. Oh, this is a fantastic fight. Uh, ooh, my heart tells me to go with uh, Poirier because I love him, but deep down, my gut is saying Hooker. Hooker's been extremely oh, impressive. Really? Dustin has a tendency to want to box way too much with guys that are, are, are a lot better from better than him. I mean, you look at his Gacy fight, and he just wanted to slug it out with him, even though he did win. You look at his Eddie Alvarez fight, he wanted to slug it out, even though he did win. But those are wars that ended up costing him. And then you, you look yeah, at the worst yeah. one of it all was his Michael Johnson fight. And Michael Johnson stopped him when he was on a fantastic fight streak, a winning streak. And, you know, Michael Jackson, Michael Johnson hasn't won a fight since that fight. And it's been three years. <laughs> but, you know, so we've seen Poirier can get caught and can lose those fights so i think hooker is just has the hot hand his fantastic his boxing has been fantastic he has an iron chin and i think that chin is going to make the difference so uh sad to say i'm going to take hooker in that one all right any other fights we should be looking forward to coming up oh uh, the rose fight uh is going to be really good oh, yeah. that, that rematch coming up uh, and i'm really excited for frankie edgar, edgar to make his 135 debut i love frankie um, and I think he's finally fighting at the division where his body's supposed to fit instead of two divisions above it. Um, but, you right. know, that's why. And that, that Holloway fight is going too, right? That Holloway fight makes me nervous. Uh, I love Max, <laughs> but I, I wish he had taken a fight in between. Um, he was outclassed yeah. from start to finish from that whole fight. He didn't show anything where he – I mean, it was competitive, but he didn't win a round. Um, yeah. And I think – it, the same thing is going to end up happening. So I wish he would have taken a fight in between where he can work on things instead of taking an immediate rematch. But that's the fight game. Hey, yep. You said Rose. Is that Jalen? Jalen Rose? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, Jalen Rose. <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm being serious. Who, Rose, who's this Rose? Rose Namanujas, or however you say her last name. Yeah, she's a fighter. Yeah, she, oh, okay. Yeah. okay. She's fighting a, a Brazilian fighter that, that knocked her out. Where she Rose was thoroughly dominating that fight. Thoroughly. Yeah, dominating. she was. She looked amazing. Oh, she looked amazing. Winning. And then she got body slammed on her neck, and that was the end of the fight. Yeah. You probably just yeah. cut that out, AJ. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, let me just say this though. Uh, AJ was hurt when uh, when Ferguson was getting his butt whooped by Gage. Uh, you know, um, I don't think Tony looked the same in that fight than he normally does. I don't see. Yeah, he did two weight cuts. I was going to say I don't understand why you make a first weight cut if you have to make a second one, and I I think that ultimately yeah. cost him at the end. We'll never know, you know. Um, but uh, if Poirier wins or if Hooker wins, I think they give him that fight. And then if he wins, he fights the winner of Khabib and Gacy. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted I wanted Connor to come back and fight Ferguson, Gagey first versus Khabib, and then winner play winner or winner fight winner and loser fight loser. Yeah, that's what everybody had hoped for. But Connor says he's retired now. Who knows what that means? I'm kind of sick of him. I wish he would just me too. You know, me too. It's either poop or get off the pot kind of a thing. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah. if if he's gonna fight, he's gonna fight. If he's not, then not. If you're not gonna do anything, just stop talking. You know, until the fight's announced, it's kind right. of all just hearsay. Yeah, I really don't think he wants to fight Khabib again. I really think he wants to fight Gagey. So if Gagey beats Khabib, I'm sure he'll come back. If Khabib wins, I don't think we'll I don't see think him we'll again. see him again. I think he was, you know, 100 for fighting Gaethje or Ferguson. Um, and if those two, either one, one of those things happen, he's not gonna come back. Right. Yeah, you can only get your neck twisted, your head yanked in before you want to go do it again. Hey, I wrestle bear. I wrestle bear. You are nothing. You know. You know <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, and his uh, Khabib's father, I guess, just just uh, fended off COVID. So I, that's a good. Yeah, story. you know, Khabib's father is a huge, huge part of his life. That was my big question: if uh, how that would play out. If his father passed right. away, I, I think it would be a big mental question for Khabib, but it looks like he's going to be okay, so we don't have to worry about that. Right. All right, let's do some quick hits, gentlemen. So it's been floated around. Anthony Lynn came out and said, you know, of course we would have Colin Kaepernick to come in and work out and try out. What do you guys think about Kaepernick to the Chargers? They might be able to fill some stadiums, That's I guess. That's the main thing I was thinking of. You're going to put people on them stands now. I think, uh, what does that matter? We can't have people on the stands. Hey. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you ever look around? You know, everybody does what they want to do right now. In their head, there ain't no pandemic. Do you – I think I think he would be the best quarterback there if he gets signed. Really? Honestly. Over Tyrod Taylor? I do. I mean, he hasn't played in – Over Tyrod Taylor, I think he gives them the best chance to win right now. You haven't seen this man play in years. You haven't seen him play in forever. That's the big question. We don't know how good he's going to be. I mean, uh, this this is the NFL. I mean, it changes from one year to the next, including the way offenses ever run. I mean, it's been, what, four or five years? Has it been that long? Yeah. I'm saying two years. Oh, three, yeah, four, I think. Coming Ooh, up on four. Two. So, so you're telling me you're going to start somebody else over Colin Kaepernick and that quarterback yeah, room? You're going to start Tyrod Taylor to, to, get you, to get you to the playoffs and to get and to make some noise, and, to get you some fans. And you're talking about a, a Colin Kaepernick. It doesn't get practice time because you can't. That's not – you know, it's all about reps and practice time, and that's not really an option right now. Yeah. So he's been saying he's been yeah. working out for the past five, 5 a.m. past five years. We, he's been there you know, working out by yourself. That's right, not the same. We know personal workouts are the same as NFL workouts. We, we know that. I'll you take know, it over Herbert. You played ball. You know, any type of workouts you were doing by yourself didn't compare to the workouts that you were doing at practice and in the weight room. I'll, t- I'll take it over any quarterback in that room. I think you're the small minority. I, I would. I would. Just because of his running ability. Tyrod Taylor has running ability. He does. Yeah, but he's not as stocky as Kaepernick, Kaepernick is. Kaepernick hasn't played in four years. I'll take Kaepernick over <laughs> anybody in that quarterback room. <laughs> All right, I got a, I got a, I got a quick hit. I, what do you think about um, uh, Sherman's beef with with Drew Brees? Do you think – I know you guys played the Saints this year, so do you think uh, he's going to be riling up that defense to hit Drew Brees? No, I think uh, when Drew Brees did his apology and, and statements after, I think they kind of settled it. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's business when it comes to the NFL part. Right. 
I don't think anybody's really trying to go out and do that kind of thing in in this kind of league, especially with the, the potential of losing games. And nobody ever wants to see anybody right. get hurt after after the you know after the Saints put uh, Brett Favre on the shelf. Uh, yeah, right. right. <laughs> but I, I think after that, um, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be a, a storyline at all. Um, okay. Yeah. Except for Zadarius Smith, we keep circling that calendar, huh? <laughs> That's right. When he said it. You know, so I, I think Drew Brees came out, said what he said. I think everyone uh, knows Drew Brees. They know he's he's not that guy that, that the media was trying to make him seem. So um, I, I agree. I don't think it'll be that big a deal. Yeah, I think that's what's the big thing. Uh, he does so much charity work. And, you know, he's such a, a person of his city and his state. Yeah. I think that really plays in his favor. Right. So last one, hard knocks. Will it be good again? They're set to cover both LA teams, the Rams and the Chargers. What they're hoping is in the new stadium, which they're also hoping there'd be fans in it. Is it going to be good? So, what, when was the last good Hard Knocks? Oh, <laughs> was it the Cowboys? Was it? I, I it's the first it one that came. First one that came to mind was the Cowboys. That's the last one I can think of that was actually good. I've never seen any. Oh, I couldn't finish the last two years. The last two years of Hard Knocks, I didn't even finish the, the entire season. So um, this year, I don't think it's going to be any different. Uh, I think at the end of the day, unless you have real contenders with real storylines out there, that people aren't just going aren't going to care about it. But the problem is, contenders are contenders, and, and they don't want that distraction in their locker room. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you remember last year when I guess a lot of no teams were actually offering or raising their hand to be on Hard Knocks, and the NFL said they were going to come down and choose anybody if nobody did it. And then, and we got the Raiders with Antonio Brown and his uh, burnt feet. Brandon, why, why are you quiet? I'm, you were talking about the Chiefs. The Chiefs were the last good one. <laughs> I was just making a joke. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you called it what it was, Joe. I even me as a fan, I tell you that was terrible. Oh, Grigsby, Grigsby's the best fullback in the league. Look at his mohawk, Grigsby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes today's podcast from Opinionated. A special thanks to our guest, Gabriel. Look forward to hear, hearing from him again, and having others come on talk about their team. Things they liked, things they didn't like. But please, again, send questions to our email. Look forward to having guests. Look forward to answering your questions. This is, in our, this is our opinion. We'd love to hear yours. Have a good night.